Welcome to Spiritual Grit, the podcast where we talk real talk about spirituality through the lens of activism and social justice. What happens when activism and spiritual practices collide? What sparks of change call for the grit we need to create meaningful strides in social justice? I'm your host, Leslie Ann Hobayan, poet, priestess, activist, professor, hip-hop dancer, and badass mama. Join me as we dive in to learn more about our deepest selves so that we can be better ancestors to create a stellar world for our descendants. Grab your dancing shoes and let's get groovy with the grit right now. Hello, loves. Welcome to another episode of Spiritual Grit. How are you on this beautiful day? I hope wherever you are, you're feeling good. And if you're not, that you can find a little something that can shift your energy, boost you towards something that feels nourishing, something that feels comforting, um, while also acknowledging the not so good feelings, because we're not about ignoring them. That's part of who we are and who we are being. We want to embrace the negative feelings, the feelings that feel like they're heavy. Um, Acknowledge them. Don't sit in them until we don't recognize you anymore, (laughs) but acknowledge them, embrace them, and then feel them and let it go and then shift to something that feels like it is serving your highest good. Okay. Okay. Um, so hi, I have a card for y'all. And actually when I was drawing cards from the Starseed Oracle deck, two came out. I don't know. Sometimes that happens. So, um, I looked at both of them. They're kind of stuck together and I was like, oh, well, isn't that interesting? Um, one is called Cracked Open and the sub heading under it is rock bottom surrender to the alchemy of life and then the other one is the blue flame spontaneous awakening activation and integration time so it's interesting that these both come forward because i feel like they are um complementary one creates space for the other so i'm going to read the guidebook for cracked open uh this i suspect is a card that points us to what we might be experiencing now. Perhaps we are feeling like we're at the bottom of whatever downward thing we're experiencing, that we feel stuck, that maybe um, we don't know what else to do. And so it's time for us to surrender to the alchemy of life, to surrender to the flow, to surrender to the lessons that are coming our way. And when that happens, we can then open ourselves up to the next card, which is spontaneous awakening, activation, but also time for integrating these new energies. Okay, so here's cracked open. Don't let the weight and density of the world squash your tender spirit. Instead, let it call even more of it home into your body at the center front of your life. It's through the extreme pressure of life's trials that diamonds are cultivated. It's when things are at their darkest that we cultivate proper faith and our light is ignited. Isn't that the, isn't that the truth? You know, you think about like, just when you think you just can't take it anymore, something happens to give you a little more hope that gives you inspiration to push forward. 
Um, it's through the crumbling that we can allow our wounds to be alchemized. And it's so interesting that that language is there because I've been thinking about midlife and I've been talking about what it's like to be in midlife. Um, and I've got this new three-day event called Phoenix Rising that's that's ha happening next week. Um, I know last week I said that it was happening this week, but I still wasn't feeling so great. So it is happening this week. Uh, sorry, next week, February 6th to 8th. And um, one of the things that I think about when it comes to midlife is what, what occurred to me was that it's like the tower card. And I might have mentioned this before, um, where <clears throat> what we have built in the first half of our lives, what I call chapter one, is now crumbling down. It no longer is useful. It no longer serves us. And so it's coming down in order to make space for us to build the new chapter, chapter two, the second half of our lives. So I'll say more about that in a second. Um, so it's through the crumbling that we can allow our wounds to be alchemized. So interesting because I'm going to talk about alchemy a little bit. Um, let your pain, sorrow, and losses make you, not break you. Let life alchemize your tragedies into gold. And this is what I am talking about, talking about how we can turn the, the metaphorical lead in our lives into gold, into something brilliant, into light, into shine, things that lift us up <clears throat> and to create the life that we desire, the life of our dreams. Um, so be, be open to being cracked open, wide open. It's the difficult times that help us grow in leaps and bounds and in ways we could only dream were possible. But first they have to crack us open. Sometimes it hurts like hell. It's nature's way. Think about a seed, right? Seed is like this tight little pod and for the sprout to come out, it has to crack that shell open. So imagine that, visualize that. Um, it's nature's way, whether you let it happen or not. It's going to happen. So surrender to the process. That's how the light gets in. That's also how your inner light gets out for all to benefit from, to see, to be inspired by. Um, yeah, so I'm just adding my own ad libs <laughs> in with the with what the guidebook is is telling us. So when your heart cracks open, a space is created for your soul to more fully enter. When your soul cracks open, a space is created for the grace of the Holy Spirit to enter. And now this is the Holy Spirit and I liken it to the higher self, HS, Holy Spirit, higher self. For me, same thing. Um, let your trials, your sorrows, your pains, and your losses transform you into more and more of yourself. Stay open to the possibility that your tragedies, your losses, your sorrows, and your hurt happened for you, not to you. So think about that as ways in which you can grow, right? Think of as lessons you can learn so that you can continue to evolve. Um, bless the thing that broke you down and cracked you open because the world needs you open. Surrender to the alchemy of life. And so the starseed soul inquiry question is how can you let life crack you open? Um, which is another way of saying, how can you let the challenges, the struggles, the hardships of your life experience be opportunities for learning, for growth, for evolution, um, and all that good stuff that we do, right? That's why we're here. Okay, so the blue flame, here's what the guidebook says. This is a card of awakening and energetic upgrades. See, I'm saying, like, this is why these cards are hand in hand. You know, here we're letting life crack us open with the struggles and the challenges that come our way 
so that we can open up for awakening and energetic upgrades, right? Awesome compliment sequence of cards. Uh, Perhaps you're going through a period of spontaneous awakening, receiving visions and having experiences that are out of the ordinary, perhaps. In the West, little is known about the process of spontaneous awakening, and it can feel very scary when we're going through it alone. Hey, you guys, let me tell you something. You don't have to go through it alone. I am here for you if you need to talk things out. Um, Elsewhere, they can be seen as auspicious experiences with those going through them being treated with tender care. So in the East, when people are experiencing spiritual awakenings and, and, you know, life upheavals like that, the community comes around and is like, oh, all right, let's, let's support, let's take care of them. Um, The blue beings, capital B, blue capital B beings are thought to be activating beings with great potential for healing and upgrading our cellular structures. They appear in moments of extreme awakening, activating a physical Kundalini awakening and deep cellular and DNA healing. Hmm. Powerful stuff. Many people glamorize the awakening process. However, in reality, it's much messier and more difficult than most of us believe. Let me tell you, when they, when you when you think awakening, you know most people think like this glorious stream of light, just oh, like angels are singing and everything. Nope, the awakening process is rough because what's happening is that your reality as you know it starts to peel away, it starts to fall away, and you can't explain like what's happening. You know, friends you used to be friends with no longer call on you, or they're distant, or they just ghost you. You know, you try reaching out to them, they're not available, but it's okay because what that's saying, what that's showing you is that that particular relationship is no longer aligned and energetically you are releasing that friendship so that you can be open for a more aligned friendship that's better for your higher self, that serves both of your higher selves. Okay. Um, We must first let go of what we think we know for sure and how we make sense of the world, which is interesting because during midlife, that's what happens. You know, it's so funny because people's idea of midlife varies. Like there's an age variation. Like when does midlife actually start? Is it at a specific age? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I can't pinpoint when midlife officially happened for me. I just know that one day... I woke up and I was like, wait a minute, this is what my life is. This is my life. Like there's no more, there's like, where am I going? Like, what is my, what is my career trajectory? Is this it? Is there no more? Am I going to be teaching undergraduate students forever until I retire? If I can even retire on a measly adjunct salary, you know, like what? what is my life? Has, has the rest of my life been dictated? And, and I don't really like what is happening. So I went through this deep inquiry of what my life was in that moment that I was standing. And I was like, wait a minute. Um, and so everything that I thought I knew, I was no longer there. I didn't know anything. I thought that I knew stuff. But then the stuff that I thought I knew actually didn't hold any water. It was like, oh, yeah, I know that this is my plan. Capital T, capital P. 
I'm going to, you know, after I have kids, I'm going to work this job and we'll travel. We'll go on vacation. The kids will like move out, go to college and I'll just keep working and travel and then maybe retire. And then if I retire, then what happens? I do nothing. Like, what is my life really about? What is my life's purpose? I don't freaking know. So all these questions were like coming in really hard that I just was like, what? I had to talk to a friend of mine who was a few years older than me. And I asked her, I was like, what is this? And she goes, oh yeah, I went through that a few years ago. That's called the midlife crisis. And I was like, what did you do? And she's like, well, I don't know. I just kind of just accepted and hold on a second. I just kind of accepted that this was my life. And I was like, what? I'm not going to accept things as they are. I mean, she was just very just resigned um, to that. Like she was like, I'm just going to be a math teacher until I qualify for pension. And then after that, I don't know, but I'm just going to keep doing my thing. And I was like, I don't want that. You know, I was, I was like, "Mm." in my head, I was like, that was her way of answering or solving or whatever, addressing midlife crisis, identity crisis. Like, and I was like, no, I don't want to do that. And, you know, crisis feels like a very strong word Um, and it can feel that way for a lot of people. But for me, it wasn't at the level of crisis because I had been examining, inquiring, struggling, trying to find what my identity is since birth, basically. As someone who lives in the diaspora, as a child of immigrants, firstborn daughter of immigrants, my identity was always a mystery because I was not really American because I wasn't white, but I wasn't really Filipino because I was born in the States. And so I was like, well, what am I? You know, Um, I always lived out on the margins because I wasn't white, you know, this brown Asian girl just did her thing and didn't really find a sense of belonging. Um, I mean, yeah, I had friends, but they didn't know who I was at my core, at my essence. You know, it didn't feel safe to be me around um, non-Filipinos, but even around Filipinos, like at least the parents, you know, the adults didn't feel safe. Like maybe I could be more myself with other Filipino, like second gen Filipinos. Uh, But yeah, so the idea of identity crisis during midlife was not really a new feeling for me. Um, So it was more of a deep inquiry. I was like, wait, I refuse to resign myself to this life that I have built based on other people's expectations. No, no, no. I want to do something else. Um, And I'm going off on a tangent. Let me finish reading the guidebook. Um, So here we go. We must first let go of what we think we know for sure and how we make sense of the world, which is how I got into the conversation about midlife crisis and inquiry. And I will continue with that. Um, This isn't easy. The awakening process, even when it's spontaneous, takes a considerable amount of time to integrate. An awakening without integration can leave us feeling very ungrounded. And that's not a good feeling. So do what you can to ground, place both feet on the earth, bare feet if you can in the grass, 
and just stand there for a moment. Allow yourself to feel rooted, physically rooted into the earth and you'll be good. If you're in the midst of an awakening and the process never ends, treat this time as deeply sacred and give yourself ample space to ground and integrate the extreme changes you're going through. And then this card has a starseed activation, which is to say, I allow myself to surrender to the awakening process that's right for me. I take things slowly and integrate my experience each and every day. So yes, there you go. We got cracked open, allow for the lessons and the challenges of your life to teach you to allow for things to fall away. And with the blue flame card, know that spontaneous awakening and, and activation may be happening right now, energetic um, upgrades, and allow for integration to happen, which means, you know, taking lots of naps, putting your feet on the earth, maybe putting your hands in dirt, you know, just fingertips in a pot of, in a potted plant, just to feel grounded. Put your hand on the bark of a tree, feel grounded. You'll be so amazed to experience how powerful those seemingly simple things are. You know, I read um, on, I saw something on my Instagram feed and it was a, it was a reel this person had made about grounding with into the earth. And the suggestion was to go out to the grass right at dawn where there's still dew on the grass. Now, I don't know if I'm going to be doing that in the middle of winter. <laughs> I might, I don't know. It depends on the weather. But this person was saying that we are energy, right? And energy can get conducted by water. And so imagine, because we're also made of water, imagine the power of that energy that you can conduct from the earth. So the earth is energy, we are energy, and then you have the dew on the grass making contact between the earth and your feet. Imagine the magic of that energy, how nourishing, how electric. I mean, I'm getting all excited just thinking about it that, I don't know, if the weather's okay tomorrow morning, I might do it. We'll see. Um, but to really pay attention to your body and to ground it in the physical. You know, a lot of people who are on a spiritual journey are like, oh yeah, I don't really have to pay attention to what's happening on the earth. I'm just going to kumbaya my way through life. And no, that's not why we're here, right? If we were just going to be spiritualists, then why did we choose to incarnate into a human form? Might as well just stay up with source, right? So it's important for us to remember that we are here to have human experiences. And so we should honor that. I don't like to say should. I can't believe that just came out of my mouth. We, it's important for us to honor that by grounding ourselves with the planet. Okay? Okay. Now, let's talk about midlife. <clears throat> I, um, I know I just described, you know, some experiences of my own when it came to entering this midlife time right? There's that, that inquiry and panic of like, who am I? What's my purpose? I don't know. You know, you think that 
your 20s was rough <laughs> in terms of like this coming of age, like, oh, who am I going to be when I grow up? That kind of thing. This is a different kind of coming of age. This is a coming into your own, right? So think about how when we were in our 20s, we wanted to be a certain way because we wanted to meet the expectations of external forces, whether it's society or parents or, you know, school, teachers, whatever. Now we've come to realize after we've had some amazing life experiences, we've come to realize that it really doesn't matter what other people think because they're going to think what they think no matter what we do. You know, if I do X, Y, Z, people are either going to hate me or they're going to love me. They're going to judge me. If I do ABC, they're still going to hate me, love me, judge me. You know, you can't please everybody. And that's not what we're here for. We are here to be the most authentic versions of ourselves so that we can help the planet evolve. Now, when it comes to midlife, it's, it's this time, this threshold of us releasing chapter one the first half of life, the first half where we played to other people's expectations, where we were like, oh, you want me to be a doctor? Okay, I'll be a doctor. Um, I'll work really hard. I'll make all the money. I'll make you proud, mom and dad. And then you get to a certain point, you're like, oh, well, I'm seeing now that, yeah, they're proud of me, but I am unhappy. And that really sucks. And so what, what, who am I living my life for? Am I living it for me or am I living it for them? And if I'm living it for them, why am I living it for them? You know, these are, these are a series of questions to ask yourself. Why do I do the things that I do beyond the surface? You know, it's like, why do I do the things that I do? Because X, Y, Z. Okay, well, why X, Y, Z? Like, why not some other thing like ABC? Um, I wish I had some concrete example right now to give you, but my brain is like, Bruh. Uh, so what I want to offer is just some tools that can help folks understand that midlife is not a rough time. I mean, it could be rough in that transformational kind of way, but it doesn't have to be a sucky time because, you know, a lot of things that I see, a lot of comments I see in some um, groups I'm in with, with other midlife women is like, oh, you know, the patriarchy is trying to render us invisible. Nope. I mean, yeah, but we don't have to take it. We can fight back. We can make ourselves visible. Oh, I'm not young anymore. My skin is sagging. I need all of the anti-youth stuff. Do you? Do you really? I mean... I guess, but if you ask yourself why, why not embrace aging? You're making your way into elderhood. Celebrate that. And so I think about how we can better navigate this uncharted territory, right? Because up until this point, we had a, a game plan. You know, we had an idea of like what we wanted to be when we grew up and blah, blah, blah. But then when you get to the halfway mark of your life, more or less, you start to ask yourself, okay, what have I, how far have I come? What have I done up until this point? And am I satisfied with that? I'm not satisfied with that? Okay, well then what the heck am I doing with my life? 
you know, and this is under the premise that we are going to live another 40 or 50 years, right? What if we don't? What if, you know, we don't know when our last day is. And so what are we waiting for? Let's just go and live our lives how we want to. But there's a lot of conditioning, a lot of societal programming that we need to heal. We need to peel away, uncover, release all the things. But we can do that while also creating a path for ourselves to deliberately and intentionally write our dream chapter two, our dream second half. Now, sometimes people don't even know what that dream is because we've been in that conditioning of like doing things for other people that we forget what we actually want to do ourselves. You ever get that? Where you're like, oh, I can choose who I want to be now. Oh, wait, wait, who do I want to be? What do I want to do? When I was a kid, who do, what did I want to be when I grew up? I don't, I'm not sure. Now, for me personally, I really don't know what I said when I was a kid as far as, you know, people that say, what do you want to be when you grow up? I didn't, I don't know. I might've said something, but I have no idea. I don't remember because I blocked, because <laughs> childhood trauma, hashtag childhood trauma. <laughs> um, but I think I'm going to go, I'm going to go talk to my, my guides, my spirit guides, my ancestors and ask them, you know, Hey, did I ever say what I wanted to be when I grow up? Or, you know, am I on the path that, that I'm meant to be, you know, and that's, and that's part of the magic of, um, the practices that I teach, the practices that I do is that I know that I am connected with a realm beyond the physical one. And so I turn to the invisible. I turn to my ancestors, my spirit guides, my angels, my higher self. And I ask for guidance. I ask for clues. I ask for signs. You know, the other day I saw like 333 a bunch of times. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, sometimes I see them and I'm like, what does it mean? Um, usually I take it as a sign, like you're on the right path. But I was just driving to, you know, drop my kids off at school. So I was like, wait, but that's not am I on the right path? Like, so I try to ask myself, what was I just thinking just now? Um, I try to notice these patterns when I see angel numbers. And so it's important, at least for me, to have this connection with the spirit world so that I can feel more rooted and guided and clear on how to navigate this weird threshold that feels like darkness that feels like fumbling around trying to get who knows where right when you're in midlife and menopause is happening and your body's like we're done making babies so we're just gonna stop making hormones and your whole rest of your body's like what what are you doing oh we gotta make some adjustments quick you know that's that's like a wild ride but for what for what right and so nobody really talks about that in society until recently you know, there are more and more conversations about what midlife is and where it leads. And so I want to talk about or at least give you this idea that midlife is the threshold to elderhood. 
You know, you think about the wise old woman or the hag or, you know, the woman, the oracles, you know, I think about the fates, old women who have visions beyond what is physically seen, who have such wisdom because of the life experiences they've collected and embodied and learned from. And now we're sharing it with the world. We're sharing it with our communities so that they may be guided. And Lord knows we need guidance We've got, we've, we got a lot of things happening in the world right now, right? And so we need the older women, the elders to come and share their wisdom, their insight with us and guide us. And if you're in midlife, that's what's up. That's what's up. That's where you're going next. That's where we're going next. And so we need to stay the course. And so that's what I'm doing next week with Phoenix Rising. It's a three-day event. We're going to look at the old life, which is now, if you're like me, which is now sort of like a pile of ashes. It's like, oh, that was my old life. I look at like pictures from me and I was like, whoa, I did that. Oh, okay. But I don't resonate with that anymore. I don't miss it. I'm not like, oh, I remember that. And yeah, there's a little nostalgia, but I feel like I have completed that and I've moved on. So I'd like to think about like the old life is now being a pile of ashes, you know, just kind of like crumble down, gone, not gone, gone, just ashes. And so that's day one of Phoenix Rising. Day two, we're going to spark a little fire to see what we can make from the ashes. What can we fashion in terms of imagining what chapter two might look like? And then the third day, is about taking flight. It's about taking that fire and that shape that you've created, maybe it's a phoenix, um, and making it live. Having it be the essence of your next chapter. And being able to see where your life is going to be in a year in five years, in 10 years. Like, where are you going to be in 10 years? Like, what are you going to be doing? Are you going to be in the same space? Same place. You're going to be stuck. You're just going to be older. Maybe your bones are going to feel a little more brittle. Like what? Tell me. What do you imagine in 10 years? I know like when we were in our 20s and, you know, we went out on job interviews and stuff, people be like, okay, so where do you see yourself in five years, 10 years? Does anyone ask that of midlife women? No. No one says where are you going to be in 10 years. They all assume that we're going to be in like some freaking, you know, 55 plus community or assisted living or whatever it is, depending on your age, right? Uh-uh. No. 10 years, nothing. Ask me where I'm going to be in 20 years. Hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Whew, sorry, I'm just getting all worked up. I'm excited about this. So please join me for Phoenix Rising. It'll be so much fun. It'll be like, you know, bring a notebook, take notes. Um, I'm going to do some trainings, you know, teach you a little bit about alchemy and how that's going to serve as a really cool map to identify where you are in the process of, of midlife transition into elderhood. Because what's happening is that our bodies, our spirits, our minds, our emotional development is going through this transformation of lead into gold, right? And it's not going to be like a snap of the finger, ta-da, you got gold. No, there's a transmutation of energy and matter that happens. And if you don't know what's going on, it really sucks. But if you have a map and you can identify stages, you're like, oh, that's where I'm right now. Okay. You can give yourself a little more kindness, a little more compassion as you experience that thing. 
So yeah, come sign up. The link is in the show notes, but it's thepoetspriestess.com slash phoenix hyphen rising. It'll be awesome. And if you can't make it live, it's okay. Recordings will be sent to you, but you need to register so that we know where to send it. Okay. Good enough. Good enough. All right. Cool. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Um, <clears throat> all right. I'm going to read this poem by W. Todd Kaneko to close out the episode. This is from The World I Leave You, Asian American Poets on Faith and Spirit. Um, and this poem is called Faith. Maybe spirit your body away for objectivity's sake. Independence from space. Aggravation for speed, for everything cannot evaporate into light. Still, above us in slow leaps from star to star, the devil pulls whole planets apart with tiger claws, with bare teeth and names that debris heaven. This we understand when we look into a telescope and pretend to see anything but black. Everything vanished like stones behind the river of skeletons, jumbled and upside down, up there where everything is hideous. There is a sleek silver scar in the sky, and isn't it beautiful as long as it's invisible? We can step off the moon and fall into a lake. We can step out of the lake and into the world, out of the world, and know precisely where we will be. Whew. Wow. Love that. All right, my friends. Well, I hope this was awesome for you as it was for me. I hope you have a beautiful day and you sign up for Phoenix Rising, three-day free event for women of color who are midlifers, Gen X midlife women of color. We'll talk about all kinds of things. I'm telling you. All right. So sign up, uh, thepoetspriestess.com slash phoenix hyphen rising. And I'm going to close the episode like I always do. The divine light in me bows to the divine light in you. Until next time, namaste. If you're feeling like fighting the good fight is bringing you down and hope is starting to fade, grab my free seven-day meditative challenge, Spark Joy in Chaos. By signing up for my newsletter, which will be more light to your inbox, go to suryagiyan.com slash subscribe.